Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Welcome to another episode of To Boldly Watch, the show where we watch Star Trek The Next Generation and then tell you all about what we just watched. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Becca Scott. I'm another host, Xander Genere. And I am yet another host, Jake Michaels. We came from the stars. Yes! <laughs> and if you would like to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash goodtimesociety. That's where we post episodes early, special, just for patrons. And we post all kinds of other stuff for all our other shows. And you can support everything we do if you go on over there. Yeah! So join us. It's great. Beep, beep. <laughs> That's the episode beep, beep. starting mark. I love that noise. That's a space horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm. you know what? We're back in a different time period today, at least for the in cold the open. So maybe there is a beep beep out the window as we <laughs> pan over the office door of Dixon Hill. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Oh, we didn't tell me. Sorry. It's episode 414. (laughs) Clues. (laughs) When I was going there, it was a a mental image. You set the scene. Yeah, yeah. That's an iconic one, too. This is Mm -hmm. Clues, where the crew of the Enterprise wakes up after apparently passing through a wormhole. But Data's acting suspiciously, prompting the command staff to wonder if he's been compromised. (gasps) Data's lying? What? It is so hard to trust AI. People jump on any reason to turn Mm. their backs on him. That's true. Yeah. Data would never do something with the intent of harm towards his crew. Mm. Or would he? (laughs) We'll find out. He has hijacked the Enterprise before. Uh, Twice? Three times? Maybe multiple times. (laughs) Maybe he took control of the Enterprise multiple times. He didn't do it. It's not his fault. Yeah. Yeah, There's always a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, we are in this open, this cold open. I have to say it. What a waste of Whoopi. I wish that they oh, would have yeah. used her in any other way. Because, like, it was it was nice. It was cute. But, like, it was great to see her. So Guinan's taking a stroll into the Dixon Hill scenario and trying to, like, see what Picard's game is all about, right? I assume he yeah. invited her there. Is that what the game is? Yeah, it was, like, Grace from, where was it? Col- Connecticut or Ohio Kansas or something? Cleveland. Or something? Yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland. That's what it was. Gosh. Uh, I wrote down, imagine playing that actress. Gloria. Oh, Gloria. Gloria from Cleveland of the of the secretary. Like, not only did you get a call back to come back in for Star Trek, but you're opposite Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, yeah, it was a waste of Whoopi. We don't revisit this cold open. We just see Picard being interrupted in his lovely holodeck adventures. And I thought we were going to get a whole holodeck episode. I oh. wanted. <laughs> well, you guys make a good point. I didn't think it was a waste of Whoopi. I was just appreciative to see her whenever we do. But yeah, you're right. That's because true. this is a good episode to have Guinan be consulted. Why didn't they use Guinan? <laughs> Why didn't they fly? I mean, she must have been shooting a movie or something, right? They could Maybe. only get her for the one day. Yeah. But I really was like, okay, well, great. We'll revisit this later because we do need to see Guinan interact with this world. That would be a joy. And guess what? We don't. We don't. Right. We just get the tagline. 
It's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. That's the <laughs> Which, that's how it sets up all of it. As you mentioned last episode, Becca, the cold open's always setting up the motif for the full episode, right? It sure is. So yeah, we have a Dixon Hill type mystery, and actually, this whole cold open is actually also serving to like show off that they all have some personal time, I guess, right now because yeah. the actual opening scene is everybody doing. Mokbara? Is that how it's pronounced, Xander? Oh, I don't remember. Well, Tai Chi or whatever is really uh -huh. what it is, but uh -huh. it's Klingon uh, yeah. because worse leading a class. And then there's also Crusher working on her plants, right? Her she puts these empty little or... vessels in like yeah. an incubator, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wonder if those plants will be significant. Hmm. Anyway. It's but just the, but the Tai Chi wasn't significant, I guess. No. <laughs> Maybe when they Unless... all took their fall down positions, it was a yeah. little bit, they were more flexible. Oh, no, it, well, it does come into play. Later, uh, Worf gets thrown <laughs> by Troy, inhabited by this, the sure, energy. Sure, sure, that's true. And it's a plot point because he has the His broken bad wrist. wrist. Oh. So few things are able to harm Worf aboard the ship. Yeah, I wrote down, like, really lots of people have beaten you and have been faster. <laughs> yeah, nothing could break these wrists. This warrior doesn't complain about ouchies and boo-boos, except for, you told me to tell you if I have ouchies and boo-boos? Yeah. The only person who could do this much harm is Data, Data. or myself. Yeah. And I wouldn't put nope. this past myself. It was Deanna Troy. <laughs> yeah. Eat that or Least suspected. Uh, okay, let's explain exactly what's going on. So <laughs> everybody's okay. having a good time Wasn't doing Tai Chi, putting Moss <laughs> in an incubator, and uh, Picard is showing Guinan around Dixon Hill. But Dixon Hill gets a phone call from Data, who's who's calling via telephone so he doesn't mm -hmm. ruin the immersion, which, good right. job, Data. Way not really to... thoughtful. Yeah. And he asks for Captain Picard, not Dixon Hill. <laughs> yeah, well, one thing at a time with this guy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Data learns lessons slowly, uh, but they've uh, detected an M-class planet, which for you uh, non-Star Trek nerds is a planet that has Terran-like atmosphere, like Earth. So Capable presumably life. it can support life, right? Mm -hmm. And it is next to or in the vicinity of a wormhole. So they uh, are obligated by their orders always to go investigate class M planets in case there is life that they need to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Or contact. Right. He heads to the bridge. They start scanning and the wormhole, I think, rapidly approaches them. Right. Is that what it That's looks like? That's not it? what wormholes do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's but more okay. worm than wormhole. Yeah. yeah. And it flings the vessel and suddenly Data looks around and all of the rest of the crew are passed out on the bridge. Dun, 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 la, 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 la. We go to the title. We go to the title sequence. When we come back, Picard is just waking up. And mm. Data tells for the first time. Well, that's Who the knows? thing is they've cleverly like they've cleverly split this scene up over the title sequence, so we we aren't clear about how much time has passed. Mm -hmm. But Data immediately informs the audience and the crew thirty seconds has gone by, and uh, they launch a probe to study the planet and try to get their bearings of what exactly happened. Well, they've been thrown what was it a like a six day journey away or something, a uh, half a parsec. Something like that. You don't know off the top of your head? I, the conversion rate of parsecs to days? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's been a while since warp class. Um, but yeah. I remember Riker <laughs> saying it was like one a, to one. a number yeah. of days. Uh, but they launch the probe back to the planet and they discover it's not an M-class planet anymore. And they're all confused. And Data very quickly offers a possible explanation, which is just that the wormhole might have thrown the sensor detection off and it maybe it never was an M-class planet in the first mm -hmm. place. 
We were never here. Had they sent a probe beforehand into the wormhole or not yet? Because at one point, Data reprograms a probe unbeknownst to the audience. Th- th- this is that probe. Okay, so they this send is that probe. out a probe. So they, they get images back that's like it has like methane and helium or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It has a bunch of gases in the atmosphere that l- would not support life. Right. So they're like, wait, why? And I thought we said it was M class. And he's yeah. like, well, maybe it was a sensor malfunction. And so we're like, okay. <laughs> we should leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then other things start to happen, right? Chief O'Brien's got an ouchie on his elbow. Mm-hmm. And while Crusher's tending to him, she notices that her incubator uh, little cups aren't empty anymore. In fact, they've been filled with the moss, which shouldn't have happened, right? Yeah. Well, also, Bev that got would a typically set. take 24 hours. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Wait, were you making a comment about her hair, Xander? Yeah, because yeah, Bev, what was that? <laughs> it looked new like someone Aquanet. got hot rollers in Aquanet. Yeah. There was definitely a new hairdresser on set that day. They're yeah. like, we're going to try yeah. this. I hope they fired that person. <laughs> I mean, it was the wrong choice. She's yeah. got great hair, and yeah. it's often well-styled, and today was not that, not day. that day. But when you're no. on, like, a five-year mission in deep space, it is a day to, like, do, ex- like, She's experimenting in different ways, right? She's doing science experiments in the lab and aesthetic uh, experiments on her face and hair. To be fair, that is what I do most days. You do. (laughs) You also change your hair color quite frequently. Mm -hmm. I I feel like if Becca were in the 24th century, she'd be using that hair replicator quite often. I would. Are you kidding me? If I could just rub a wand. I mean, why? why? Why wouldn't you? Mr. Blue and purple hair. (laughs) Also, love the purple sides. That's new. Thank you. My question for you two is how many times in a day would you change your hair color? All the time, depending on I mood. Think, I think it goes with an outfit, so yeah. I would just change once a day. Okay. I wouldn't yeah. want people to think I'm vain. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're yeah. just experimenting. Yeah, yeah. We also get introduced, I think, have we seen Alyssa before, the, the nurse? Oh, she gets some lines. Yeah. I think she's usually there. Right. In yeah, this I don't recall one, her speaking before this. They year. have full conversations, and we, I think we actually passed the Bechtel test. Because of it. Because well, be, also because they're talking about a woman crew member. Not only that, they talk about like science and the mystery itself, as opposed to any person. Oh. Yeah. Did you touch Finally. my experiment? I would never touch your experiment without your permission. That's You're right. True. I'm really sorry. I asked, yeah. and that is an accomplishment in this world we live in. <laughs> I like but, how we're barely to struggling to get one. It's yeah. like we got a scene with women not talking about men, <laughs> but it's great too that it's also women in STEM. You know, we we see mm-hmm. them being capable at their jobs and communicating well. Like it was just uh, it was you know, nice. She had to ask the question. For those of you that are like questioning why we're like excited about this, it's, it's because this is this is important and a lot mm-hmm. of like. Uh, scientists in the field have cited star trek as like mm-hmm. oh i saw myself represented on this show that yes. i'd never seen before and inspires yeah. a lot of people to go into the stem field Absolutely. and it, yeah it's also just groundbreaking for even for now but definitely for the time mm-hmm. to have uh, a crew that was equally male and female okay maybe not so equal mm-hmm. but uh the, the, the size of the roles made. are equal. And they do yeah. a, a good job with diverse casting in their roles, too. I mean, I would say the the lead crew is is more white than than not. But like definitely a lot of um, varieties of cultures within both alien and human on the crew. Mm-hmm. And, guest well, and with this one, too, like in the last one, it turned into a trial episode. We follow a trope here of this is a, either a mystery or a medical mystery or a science <laughs> mystery. So it's combining that sort of TV trope as well, which I liked. Well, this one's also like an interpersonal mystery because mm-hmm. we once again, Brent Spiner nails it because he's 
doing everything Data would do, but you can tell he's acting slightly differently, but you can't articulate what that is. Like, yeah. could you guys there define? There are omissions. Like something's yeah. up. You're, you're telling me everything, but you're not, but you're leaving things out. You're saying you don't know when this is the sort of thing you would know. Well, not only that, we have come to experience Data as somebody who provides an abundance of information mm. as opposed to short, curt answers. That's what they've been training him to do. And then when he does it, it's uh, jarring. He's also right. conveniently providing a lot of theories that are probably the answer. Like anytime yeah. you're like, but what about this? He's like, hello there. This yeah. might be because. Of- <laughs> yeah. Well, there is like, it seems like there's a deception then going on because mm-hmm. Picard then figures something out. <laughs> right. Typically, Data provides his theories when he's prompted by Picard. Mm-hmm. Usually, he doesn't just throw out hypotheticals unless he has evidence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's kind of jumping the chain of command in terms of how much he's like interrupting with an explanation, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe it was a chain of command that ordered him to do so. Ooh. He was also sort of being sassy back at the captain. Like if some of the things that he had said, like escort Mr. Data down to, was it to the brig or to engineering or something? He goes, I know the way. Oh, I don't right. really, Oh, ooh. Oh, no, I, I know. I clocked that too yeah. because uh, Picard brings him in the ready room and is like, you are lying to me. What's up? Yeah. Go get checked out by Dr. Jordy. That's what it was. Go to engineering. Worf, please escort him, which is to say, like, you're in trouble and you need an escort Mm -hmm. because I don't know if I can trust you. And Data's like, I don't want to escort. Yeah, I know. Back off. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a little later, too, right? When they actually start, Mm -hmm. like, calling him out at one point. Exactly, yeah. They're trying to figure out what's wrong with Data. Right, because before this, they're in the observation lounge and he's explaining it away. And then Picard's like, hey, go down to engineering, go check out the sensors, go help with that. And then he leaves. And really, it's a long shot of Picard going like, is he gone? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jordy, what do you think? And Jordy takes a pause. He's like, "Yeah, I don't trust him at all." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jordy should have brought this up a little bit, yeah. but he's like, "Yeah, no, he's lying through his teeth." Oh, yeah. uh, in that conference room scene, that's when they called it because Crusher finds her plants grew more moss than they thought, mm-hmm. and Data's explanation is that well, maybe with wormholes, some things could jump further away, and, and then they had they took the the long route back to the ship that's in the same place. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how that happens? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little time dilation or whatever. And then he's like, anyway, bye. <laughs> but that's the struggle. Again, I credit Brett Spiner for this because that's yes. the struggle with technobabble in this show. And especially mm-hmm. with some of the bonkers science that has occurred on the show. It's like, that's not out of the realm of Star Trek possibility. Oh, no, yeah. It's an explanation. he delivers it in a way that it feels like it's out of the realm of Star Trek yes. possibility. Yeah. Great point. So impressive. So yeah, impressive. Well done. Okay, Brent. So everybody's kind of on to <laughs> on to data and they know something's different, but they can't pin it on what. And so the evidence starts to pile up. Let's see. They Crusher goes and talks to Chief O'Brien about like who last used the transporter. She wanted to compare the uh, transporter records, uh, like the sort of imprint of the right. last person, because she could read the biometric scans of that compared to in person now and yeah. see if there's any discrepancies. The last save file of that person exactly. hasn't yeah. been updated since. How right. long was the life total on yourselves at that point? <laughs> yeah. If we add the days we know have passed, is that the same as what our computers say had passed? Exactly. Yeah. Carbon dating. (laughs) 
Yeah. Brilliant. Poor Lachlan, though, notably doesn't have a single line. That, Not at all. She just sits there like this. Hmm? And then the, the nurse yeah. and doctor work around her. It's like, okay, you can go now. She's like, bye. And bye. Don't even get to say bye. Just. <laughs> Not in the script. Well, it's Can't a difference do it. in pay. They didn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> Additionally, Jordy tells the captain that the computer's um, clock or like chronological meter, they had a better. Yeah. Chronometer. Chronometer. Was tampered with, and there's only two people who know how to do that, and that's Data and Jordy himself. Right. So, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. another clue. Right. We should call this episode Clues. And it, oh, mm. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting because all of those things in the past, we've sort of been let in a little bit as to what's up with Data. It's been a mystery, but at the end, we're like, okay, something's wrong with Data, but it, it, we generally trust him. This is sort of the first time where it's like, okay, we really are breaking trust with Data. Like, we don't know what's going on, but there's no way that we can fix it, and it's really dangerous. Well, there's a confrontation, yes, uh, after that information is given from Jordy that it could only be one of two people, then Picard has another chat and is like, I know you're lying. Yeah. Why would you lie? And Data is like, maybe because I'm protecting you. There was something about Deanna, too. Oh, Deanna looked in the mirror and had a freak out. Yo, that was a trippy scene. Yeah. yeah. That happens kind of in the middle of the episode. It's kind of a little bit of a twist because she has like a headache and doesn't feel like herself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind mm -hmm. of ignored. She quickly excuses herself off the bridge and goes to her quarters. And Worf is like, OK, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hears her scream after he leaves and has to like break into her quarters to find out what's going on. They should have a faster way to unlock doors yeah, than that asking was a the computer to <laughs> unlock the door and then go in. This yeah. is an emergency. But yeah, sure. Uh, she says she looked in the mirror and she saw herself, but it wasn't herself in her eyes. Mm -hmm. She saw something that wasn't her occupying her body like she was a stranger in it. Which for an empath, which would be a nightmare. And also a what happened with a this huge clue. energy yeah. wave. Yeah. Oh, man. What a great way to express these tiny details of something isn't right here. And everybody is finding little ways. Uh, it just shows the prowess of each crew member that they each are observant enough to, to know, like individually, any of them would have had a red flag here. So um, they're just or, too brilliant. on the flip side, since we know what happens in the end, is it these are all the mistakes that they made in trying to erase their memories, huh? Yeah. You have Deanna to press play on and... the scenario before you can see exactly where the ball will fall on the Rube sure, Goldberg machine before you can correct <laughs> the path. Yeah. Also, I'm curious. Maybe this happened more than once. Maybe I this is rehearsal number seven. They're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> we destroy the mat, we destroy the moss, we mm -hmm. make sure we we repair Worf's wrist. You know, <laughs> we we need to make sure that Guinan does go to the holodeck, though. <laughs> that needs to happen. But they did repair Worf's wrist. He was just in a little bit of pain afterwards, as if it was healing. Mm -hmm. I don't. I wonder how they fixed that one. Um, but uh, Beverly did, was just like, do it better. Yeah, I'll do it better now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. oh, you don't want pain? Okay, I'll I'll handle that too. Or it could have been that Worf didn't communicate that he was still in pain, like he said. You know what? That's the hardest thing to gauge because pain is subjective in the first place. Mm -hmm. Okay, but to jump back to what reminded me of the Deanna seeing herself in the mirror was that Picard and Data talk, and da Data lets slip 
what I am doing is to protect you. Would you mm. rather I protect one crew member in a hypothetical or the entire crew? Which is a theme that is regularly brought up in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. One versus the many. Especially in the original. Yeah. I like his tactic there. He's like, okay, I'll reveal to you that I am doing something that I can't discuss. But yeah. here's this philosophy we have, and I'm right. trying to impart upon it. So, cool. <laughs> so, going forward, suspicion continues to arise. And yet, Picard has in the back of my, his mind... Data is doing something because he feels it's the right thing to do to protect us. Mm. And yes. yet he can't. And that leads him to a conclusion of, okay, Data, were you ordered by someone higher than me in Starfleet not to tell me? Which is the assumption Kinda? that you would make. Yeah, and he just says, <laughs> I can't say. Uh, no comments. Right. You phrase that weirdly. Higher yeah. than you or the same level as you or you? Right, right. Here's my question, though. Like, there's so many things that happened the same way. So when mm. they go back to the system, they're like, OK, everything's data's not right. He's he's acting weird. They confront him. He he tells them, I can't tell you. Does he reveal that you ordered me not to at that no. point? Not yet. He doesn't do not it till yet. the end. Mm hmm. Okay, well, I think we're about at that point. And I remember the point I was going to make, which is Picard has an insatiable yearning to solve the mystery. He mm. does it in Dixon Hill. It's his yep. favorite genre. It's where he keeps going back to. It's what he does in real life. Sure. Kind of Holmes, on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He needs to know the answer and he will keep digging until he finds the truth always if there is a kernel of something off he must keep digging and that is what we were that that's the theme mm -hmm. well and that goes like towards the ending that we find out that it's because of those mistakes that were left that leaves a mystery that humans have to pursue he's like there's no other choice if there's something there we're gonna look into it so yeah. we need to make sure there's nothing there for us to look into okay so Plot-wise, here's what happens. As soon as we know, Data was the one that sent the probe to the planet. The planet was where this all started. Okay, let's go back. Let's send another probe that Data's not touching. Mm. And somebody gets mad. I forget what this alien race is called, but yeah. they do the thing where they warg into Deanna's mind. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I must annihilate everyone. Explaining the visions that she was having of her body not being controlled by herself. How violating. Yeah. Which has happened to her before. Happens yeah. to her often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People take her driver's seat a lot. Yeah. To be clear, this, these beings exist presumably on the planet and are uh, protecting their xenophobes. Or, yeah, xenophobes. Yeah. Is that what you yep. call them? Yeah. Xenophobic. Yeah. So they're afraid of other uh, life forms and mm -hmm. don't want them around. They're isolationists. We're actually at risk talking about them right now. Oh my god. Should we just cancel this episode like uh -oh. now? <laughs> you should never have recorded oh it. No! <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for watching. Bye. Engage. <laughs> <laughs> I was out for 30 seconds. What happened? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Here's my question. This isn't a this isn't a flashback nor is it a repeat of the same thing. The, the Worf goes and confronts, as soon as Troy gets taken over, confronts it, and she breaks his wrists again. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I was like, oh, it's actually the exact same scenario repeated. Yeah. Right. Well, we it does read as sort of like, because then Data starts to explain a bit about what had happened. But it does. It reads like a flashback or even like a trial episode <laughs> right. of like testimonials of this right. is what happened and then this it happened. It also shows 
many people on this ship could break Worf's wrist. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, he's going to need a lot of counseling after this episode. Mm. I agree. Human oh, body Worf. can lift a car if it's provided enough adrenaline. You I'm know, it's so, really yeah. about... So uh, fragile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, real... He's going to need to go see Deanna to talk about this, but then that's creating more of a trauma. Yeah, yeah. she did Ugh. it. <laughs> Well, Data, or excuse me, the the Paxson, the Paxsons is what That's they're called. That's what it was. The Bill Paxtons, yes. Data and Data explains that he's trying to protect the crew from them because the Paxsons were going to destroy the Enterprise for knowing about them. Yes. Right? So the only way to do that was to wipe their memory and just say, hey, wormhole shenanigans. Well, and it's not an M-class planet. Yeah, well, uh, he had said that that was al- already set up. There was a trap that was there for the wormhole to get activated, and it did go through. It's just that data wasn't affected by like oh, the trap that has point. gone off. That's right. So any other vessel that had gone through would have that same memory wipe, and they're like, oh, they even say, oh, so they would just think, oh, we went through a wormhole. That's weird, and then continue on their way? No way. We would never do that, and that's exactly what they have to end up doing. Of like- well, no, 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 because what happens is typically they'll send them in the wormhole, and they'll get a cryo freeze for about actually right. 30 seconds yeah. or you know, 10 minutes or whatever, and then wake up wherever their new location is, mm-hmm. and the time discrepancy wouldn't be there because the time discrepancy is the problem because after they have all this stuff of they're like but data remembers us because data wakes everyone up out of the cryo by emitting some medical uh, his positronic brain wasn't affected by the technology that knocked everyone else out exactly so he has something emitted that's like a wake up you know some smelling salts and some sort um, of acronym (laughs) yeah and so then everybody becomes aware of the situation before uh so they recognize that they were were forcibly put through this or something knocked him out and um don't have the the so so they maintain this memory and that's when they um take over dana's body and the paxons are like look we gotta kill you now sorry Mm -hmm. um but like, not sorry. Um, yeah. So they say that. Hold on, because you have the tech to cryo freeze us, you also have the tech to erase our memory. Because like, obviously, those things are exactly connected. Yeah. And they go, no, that process takes twenty four hours. So right. that's where the time comes in. Right. And now they'd be wiping two days or however long. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this doesn't cause brain damage if we do this a oh, bunch of def- times. That's what they are doing is causing brain damage. Yeah. Okay, so the whole situation and episode could have been avoided had Data just said, you all were out for 24 hours. That's all he had to do. Well, it would have been a discrepancy in their uh, cryo freeze then, because then Beverly would have scanned someone and been like, we were out for 24 hours, but your cells only say 30 seconds, right? I think Becca makes a pretty good point. Actually, I think yeah, she's no. right because the, if the trap was supposed to do just that and they don't yeah. know the nature of the trap. Yeah, they could have just done 24 but hours. The, the, I think the, the Becca, the whole is, is the M-class planet. They already reported that it was an M-class planet, Wait, so they have to do. We forgot a big thing. Their beards. <laughs> Xander, thank you so much for mentioning that. It was huge. That line was so. It felt it like it was the, brought back. I felt like there was some guy in the writers' room after they would, had done the final draft. He's like, "You guys, we have beards? to talk about the beards. Yeah, because they're gonna grow those beards. If, if, if someone's gonna write in about it, okay, fine. We'll give Jordy a line to mention it. Okay, but yeah. we gotta at least justify it in the end. And right. so in the end, there's like there's a cryo freeze, and there's a one shot of Jordy. He's like, "That's why we didn't grow beards." And then yeah. he goes back to the 
everything else. Very important. They actually got a whole additional shoot day together because yeah. that <laughs> writer to was so in. insistent. Yeah. It just says beard day on the calendar. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That beard thing was so funny to me. It just yeah, felt yeah. like it just get that in there. Also, there was like a subtle nod, I think, in the edit because he goes, well, why didn't our beards grow? And then it goes to Riker with this full, <laughs> luscious beard. Maybe huh. because Maybe you can't. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked about this Sick journey. <laughs> I really loved how this episode played out. It was pretty fun. I did like, too. It's, it's such a good mystery because yeah. he's we, we have been able to not trust Data for a number of reasons, but always that he's usually taken over in some respect. Yes. Either it's, it's lore in a disguise. It's malicious. Or it's, it's yeah, or or it's one of those aliens programming him and taking control of his positronic brain. But this is actual data yeah. being a slight antagonist in and of himself. And it's yeah, so yeah. fascinating. But it's really like Picard. What was interesting and sort of broke my suspension of disbelief was how I get why they did it, but how quickly they were like, OK, well, let's just do it again. And they're like, OK, let's do it again. And I was like, all right, that's the solution, I guess. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the question of Data's loyalty, which the mm. last episode made, made me think about this as well, that mm-hmm. Data is so extremely loyal to the Federation, and that's not necessarily something that w- he would have been programmed. Why wouldn't he be equally loyal to all life forms and all beings and yeah. all things? The definition of lawful good. <laughs> yeah, he has chosen this, and that expresses humanity and personality that he has decided to hitch his horse or, and buggy to the Federation yeah. and to Picard yeah. that, you know, even when he's arbitrating in the previous episode with the, the Ar- Ardra mm-hmm. is um, if he were completely impartial, then he wouldn't have pulled Picard aside and said, bro, I'm a robot and I got to tell the truth. So I'm going to be equal to both sides. And I don't want to do that. Yes. Right. Well, not only that, with this specific case, uh, the only hints that we got from Data were those bits of humanity that we had to like read between the lines of what he was saying when he said, I can't say. Just like the Fae. <laughs> this interpretation of an android is just so satisfying because it's yeah. different. There's nothing else like it. Like, I love that his um, Dr. Soon was also like, why did you choose Starfleet? You could do anything mm-hmm. you want. And the fact that Data has personal choices and free will beyond his programming, or does he? Like, mm-hmm. that's such a fun thing to explore all the time. Also, yeah. in the last episode, after... Picard gives him uh, really great director's notes on his Ebenezer right, Scrooge for, uh, performance. Christmas Carol never came back again. <laughs> Data smiles as he walks off. He, it's very subtle. Oh. He's like, hmm. and like androids don't smile, right? But he right. likes to imitate what humans would do if they received positive feedback. And it's just little mm. choices like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that he's putting those into play here. It's Brent Spiner doing it. Right. But yeah. But like a perfectionist playing an android would be like, no, I, I'm always going to be deadpan because it is a robot. But it's like, right. no, this this thing is trying to imitate life in such a fun and subtle way sometimes. Yeah. Or not so it's subtle excellent. when he's playing Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Great episode. Great yeah. episode. Yeah. And I don't think that because the mystery was so involved, we didn't really need like a B plot. So there was this is another case of it was just really the one storyline, I think. Yeah. Involved branches. But and yet it had 10 different, Mm. you know, subplots because each person had the reason that they contributed to the mystery of the time jump. I think it was a good way to do that. And it felt really like an ensemble piece. 
Chef's kiss. Yes. Loved it. Well, that was Clues. And next week, we'll be exploring the fourth season episode, First Contact. Not to be confused with the actual Star Trek movie, First Contact. First Contact. <laughs> Different plot. I'm going to watch the movie, and then we'll see what happens. Oh. Yeah, buckle up. Yeah. That's okay, <laughs> so I'll just continue to uh, give notes. You're going to uh, want to talk about that about movie, because that movie is really good. Yeah. I don't remember it, so I'll watch that instead. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Well, the, if you want to watch the episode, it's First Contact, where an injury to Commander Riker during a reconnaissance mission threatens the prospects for First Contact with a culture on the verge of warp travel. <gasps> what? Well, by what's exciting about warp travel is the fact that they would they would be able to be contacted, right? That's the barometer for we can talk to you now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you said work travel. I was like, (laughs) is that work from home? Is that working on a starship? I got it. They're about to discover commuting. (laughs) (laughs) It makes more sense now. I'm excited. Let's go to there. All right. Engage. Engage.